Before we get started, we wanted to give a disclaimer. Some of the topics discussed in this episode are sensitive, and while we want this to be an open conversation about topics that are hard to discuss, we also want our audience to be comfortable. Financial difficulty will be discussed in this episode of Beyond the Lines. Please consider not listening if you feel that this topic could bring about emotional distress. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Beyond the Lines, a podcast brought to you by East Carolina University Campus Recreation and Wellness. My name is Delaney Hogg, and I'm one of your hosts. What's up, friends? My name is Rachel. I'm the other one of your hosts. The other one of your hosts. A great <laughs> a great title right there. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're going to introduce our third guest on Beyond the Lines. So we have Zachariah here with us today. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. Yes. Do you want to uh, introduce yourself a little yeah. bit? Tell everyone a so little bit about I'm yourself. A, I'm a junior here at ECU. Cool. I'm double majoring in health service administration, information management. And just to give a rough sketch on that, those are people who deal with the coding and clinical settings and people want to get reimbursed for their um, medical uh, procedures and whatnot. Oh, cool. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. How did you know that you wanted to go into that? So when I first came to ECU, I wanted to do something in healthcare, but not necessarily like directly dealing with patients, mm-hmm. um, because you know, I way I see things is kind of analytical. I like working with charts and graphs. And one thing about the administrative side is that we're really trying to make point connections and trends, and actually preventing the occurrences of diseases, right? And that's kind of what with the recent attempt, like with the ACA, with preventative care measures. And one thing with administrators that we look to do is causing like long-term care in terms of like increasing the longevity of human life so it's awesome all right so um we brought you here to tell us a little bit about your first gen experience so zachariah is a first gen college student and he's going to tell us a little bit about that yes so um as a you don't know what a first gen college student is it's a person who is the first in their family to uh, go to college and Earlier on, I mean, coming here was a very uh, shocking experience, um, dealing with financial aid, trying to find ways to afford colleges, because many students who are first-generation college students, their parents may not have the financial means to send them to college. So it's actually a really big risk when you think about it, because logically you would think, okay, I need to, at their high school, I need to go find a job and work but instead it's you want to be that first one to go out there and find something new not just finding just a um a job but trying to find a career Mm -hmm. and that's kind of that first step where are you uh from um i'm from havelock Uh, it's it's an hour away from greenville so it's 15 minutes from atlantic beach where i guess did you look into any other colleges or did you really look at ecu it it was primarily just ecu Mm -hmm. um my parents kind of because they were afraid of me going too far away. Mm-hmm. They wanted me to stay somewhere close to home, which, you know, I understood. So ECU, I, I've been in this campus several times for um, several competitions when I was in high school. They used to host, like, math competitions here. I know mm-hmm. I sound like a nerd right now. <laughs> okay. You can <laughs> but, nerd out. But, <laughs> we love it. We love it. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I'm familiar with the ECU community, so coming here was seemed like the best fit for myself and for my family, knowing that I'm going to be away f- for some time. Got you. So... You mentioned um, just some struggles that first-gen college students face as far as, like, applying for financial aid or, like, just kind of navigating those waters after high school. So do you want to share a little bit about your personal experience, kind yes. of that transition yes. coming to college? So um, right at the gate, I would say um, junior year, there was always that press to try to look for some more assistance going to college. Cause I remember my father 
we went out for dinner that night and he pulled me to the side and he was like, you know, Zach, you're doing really good in high school, but to be completely honest with you, where we are financially, we can't afford to send you mm-hmm. to school. And ever since that day, I made a conscious effort to reach out to my guidance counselors and try to look for more ways to actually afford to go to college. But then there were some things that got in the way. Uh, senior year, my football playing in Havelock, I completely tore my labrum. Mm. And what they called was a um, banker tear. So when I would get mm-hmm. hit, my shoulder would pop out and pop back in. And after getting surgery on my shoulder, you know, I still tried to play my senior year of baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, this is it. I want to go. And then in practice, we were running a drill with the um, pitching machine going like 85 miles an hour. We oh, were wow. just flinging it and catching it. And after going several um, times through, I went up to go catch the ball, and I threw it, and I turned the wrong direction, and he put another ball in the machine, and it knocked me in the head and knocked me off my feet. Oh I my remember goodness. seeing a flash of light, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that it didn't turn out worse, and I'm able here to articulate myself to you all, but... When I went to the like the aftermath from that, I had a hard time reading. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't even take my exams, and I missed the deadline to apply for several scholarships at ECU. So then oh, it's wow. like, oh my goodness, is, is this it? You know, is right. this is how it's gonna be. And I, I was, I was, I was a little distraught for a while. But you know, one thing about my my family is they've always been kind of emotional uh, support for mm-hmm. me, um, navigating through uh, that time period. That was really hard, and it it, it took a lot of grit to get through that um, and, and some time to recover. So I think that was that was very important. I feel like hearing your dad that he pulled you aside and said, you know, we can't financially afford it. I think that takes so much strength as a parent to be able to have mm-hmm. that conversation with your child. But I, I mean, it's best, I guess, to start to prepare as soon as you can and be able to look into scholarships and start talking to your counselors. There's so many resources out there for you but you really don't know what they are until you start really researching and digging into it. Exactly, exactly, so true. And um, But the good news is during the latter part, uh, there were seven scholarships left that were available. And I, after my, you know, my concussion mm-hmm. went through after um, some time, I, I went hammering hard at them, and I was blessed enough to get six of them. Oh, wow. Out of the seven ones yeah, I applied awesome. for. And out of those six... Two of them are four-year scholarships, wow, and one of them awesome. being the Golden Leaf Scholars Program. If I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's mostly to help kids who live in rural areas and provide them with an opportunity to go to a four-year university and be a part of what's called the uh, Center Creative Leadership Program. So you're given like an internship during the summer related to your major, a paid internship, oh, and then you nice. get to get some more experience, and it's it's been a blessing for me and I don't take anything for granted. Do you think that since you were the first one in your family to go to college, do you think that you had some pushback like from your family to not go? Or uh, were they always just like you want to do it so we're going to help you however you can? Um I would say before me and my father had that conversation my junior year. Mm-hmm. Sophomore year there was uh because it was that point where um, I was ta- leading into junior year, I was talking about considering college. And mm-hmm. then my father was like, are you sure that's where you want to go? And it wasn't necessarily like kind of pushing me down, yeah. but the conscientious. But when he saw that how purposeful I was and looking for more aid and applying for stuff and taking my academics seriously too, because you, know, you have to maintain a certain GPA yeah. to get those offers. And he understood like from father to son that I was taking this seriously. So from that point, 
he allowed me to go on and, you know, pursue where I'm at right now. That's really awesome. I think it's interesting to hear that you started planning for college like your sophomore year of high school because like looking back at it, I super didn't have like I didn't. And that's just, you know, I had that and only one of my parents went through and like finished college. But um, like it wasn't ever a thought of like, how am I going to get through this and like what this is going to be like for me? And I didn't start thinking about it until probably like the end of my junior year. So I just think that's really interesting. How did you figure out what you wanted to go into? So I kind of, I don't I know Eastern Carolina, they have what's called the CTE program. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's okay. people taking business classes. So for my sophomore year up to my G, G, uh, senior year, my goal was to be like a CTE completer. So taking all those business and technology classes. And once I finished that, um, I was thinking about, I didn't really necessarily just want to go strictly into business. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of how I talked to earlier about getting into healthcare. So I met actually one of my advisors that told me about a program here at ECU that's it's, it's competitive. But um, if I can present like a strong application, mm-hmm. I have a good chance of going into it. And I was like, OK. And at that point, I was I was kind of unsure about it because, you know, like business and healthcare is like, how do those necessarily go hand in hand? But then when I, I got a better picture of what I wanted to do was when I did my first internship at a um, autometry center. And I actually got to work with some of their accounting and I got to deal with some of their like business analytics. Uh, He let me uh, actually do some direct care with his patients. That's interesting. So can you tell us a little bit about like what your experience being a first gen student has been like since you've come to college? What was your freshman year like? Because I think that's the biggest transitional period. I know that it gets more difficult in different ways as you move on. But what was like your freshman move in like and how did that whole process go for you? Okay, so um, freshman move-in. Or just it, like your freshman it was, year it was, in general. Oh, yeah. oh. I mean, you can talk I about I was going to give, like, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah let's whatever you want. Thing, <laughs> we'll take even, it. Like, the whole thing was pretty stressful. Yeah. Because we didn't have a car um, that was capable of taking us to mm-hmm. Greenville. So, but my dad's job, the dealership, were nice enough to, like, loan us a vehicle mm-hmm. for me to go for move-in day. And... Um, it it was it it wasn't too bad. I mean, the, I say the hardest part was saying goodbye to yeah. them because yeah. <laughs> I was just like, I don't, I don't know if I want to go anymore. And oh, <laughs> did they cry when they mm-hmm. dropped you off? A little bit, a yeah. little bit. You know, my mom cried some, and me and my dad we hugged, and he was like, Yeah, I, you know, I taught you all I needed to, and right oh. now you're going to figure out, you know, where you stand as a man and everything. Oh, but so, <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Yeah, he's he's a really good man. But uh, go, moving forward. It during the semester, I I was overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Some uh, you have a campus of twenty eight thousand people, and I I didn't really know exactly how I could fit within the ECU culture, mm-hmm. and how I could like navigate and be successful. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the biggest turning point was when I got involved with a college ministry called Fuse. Okay, I've and, heard of them before. Oh, yes. It's, it's a very good um, college ministry, and getting involved with them was when I was able to actually meet some friends that I still keep in touch till today. That's awesome. And just building that smaller community helped me transition on. But that was just step one was Fuse, um, actually finding people to help, um, you know, lift my own self uh, self-esteem up during that time period. But now it was like, okay, I feel better now, but there's something else that I could do. I'm not, I'm not the only one that's like this. Mm-hmm. You have a, you have a campus of 29,000 people 
and 33% of those students are first-generation college students. Mm -hmm. And this is when I was presented the opportunity, uh, I believe it was my freshman year back in December, um, one of our advisors, she uh, messaged me about starting up a student organization. <laughs> and I, I know, like, you might think, I'm like, yes, let's do it. Literally, everything in my mind was saying, no, we could do something else. We could, <laughs> we gotta, we have to study for a test, or yeah. we gotta, we have to do this. And I, I, I didn't, but then some small voice was kind of urging me to try to, just try to get involved into yeah. it, try to do it. And it, just imagine bringing a group of students who've never experienced, like, their full first semester of college, right? Mm -hmm. And you want to tell them, I want you guys to help form the first um, student org for first-generation college students. And we're looking at each other like, we're still trying to figure out this campus. We're still right. trying to get used to everything. And it's it seemed like a very daunting task. But then as we seemed to like go on through becoming an official student org, it was like, there's something we can do here. Mm -hmm. There's actually students who stories if you get to know who they are they really need someone to reach out to them and help them out and it really showed me as a person that it was it was time more to like grow into getting out of my shell my own mind my own um sense of i i have to do this but more or less i i have to serve others now mm -hmm. you know i got that personal help with the fuse ministry after dealing with that now it was time to go on and look for other first generation college students and I know for other students in the first semester of college that that, that could have been different for them. But um, um, after being actively involved with other first gens, I realized just how similar our stories are mm -hmm. and kind of that topic that we're bringing up with resiliency. That's kind of the common denominator a lot of first generation college students have. Did you know anyone that was coming to ECU or that was already here when you came here? Yes, uh, I live an hour away from here, mm -hmm. so the people from Havelock, my homies from Havelock, go go Rams. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> shameless plug here. Shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I say about six of us, and I, I still keep in touch with them. Yeah, that's good. Yes. I just can't imagine not knowing, like, at least a little bit what college would seem like. You know, I think that's one thing that people who aren't first-gen college students, they've at least, like, got an idea of you know your parents may or may not sit you down but they have a conversation with you about like okay at some point you have to apply for financial aid they're gonna have to pay for textbooks this is what your life is gonna be like living in a dorm and just like you have resources you know because coming to college is stressful especially your freshman year and I can't imagine navigating those waters by myself essentially or with like people who haven't also navigated them in some mm -hmm. capacity before so I imagine that was just a really stressful experience yes uh, I can actually talk about my first day of class I'd okay. love to hear <laughs> <laughs> um I I actually uh, me and my roommate we actually uh, ate um on breakfast together mm -hmm. <laughs> before actually going to class right and then I I still remember I you know, um, I wasn't quite familiar um, with how classes were structured. So I yeah. had all my little, I think some people didn't come in book bags. I'm like, what are they doing? Oh, so I come in here with I like binders and dividers <laughs> and stuff. And no. I, one dude like was like looking at me kind of oddly. And <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was so funny. It's how it, you prepare for high school yeah, classes. Or yeah. you're like, oh, college classes are yeah, going to be the same. Right. Be and then everyone same. has a laptop and you're like, well, yeah. I got my pen and paper. Right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how I showed up my first day. I was ready to jot down everything he said. And then it was just, 
how uh, laid back, not necessarily laid back, but it's, it's only like, I know freshman year is like 50 minute classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it was more conversational anything than like a lecture level versus him just writing on the board and talking. And I'm just like, okay, this is a different style of teaching. <laughs> and then actually going on uh, from that class too, I, I think the other thing that could get some first gen was the amount of free time you have in between classes and finding out what to do. Because I will testify to this uh, first semester after classes would end, I, I would go back to Gateway and take a nap. I or would nap so play much. Or play, or play video games. Or, I think or something. watch Netflix. <laughs> I that's think what I remember that doing. is something <laughs> that all college students have in common, yeah. <laughs> regardless of like what your walk of life has been. Yeah. What do you do with all the free time? Yeah, true. Do you actually have free time or are you just forgetting something? How did you... <laughs> utilize your orientation assistance and what was your orientation process like because that's kind of before your freshman year obviously mm-hmm. but i just want to touch on that before we're gonna we jump on. it all over the we place we really are <laughs> and i apologize oh, uh, my orientation assist i actually made sure to ask plenty of questions <laughs> did you sorry i have to ask did your parents come with you or did oh, you go yes. by yourself no, they didn't parents, go with you they were with okay. me until they said okay students go here parents yeah. go here but other than that like we were forcing you to separate from we them were one team <laughs> yeah that's good but yes i made uh i made sure to ask my orientation assistant uh, a lot of questions because a lot of it's the several ways like the buildings and everything um i kept getting for some reason, raw and bait mixed up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They're really close to each yeah, other. Yeah, they are. It's yeah, easy they to are. do. They kind of look a little similar. Mm-hmm. And they're both brick, Delaney. <laughs> they're all <laughs> the buildings are brick, Rachel. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They're just variations of like yeah, the same yeah, types yeah. of brick, but continue. Is that correct? And then uh, <laughs> the overall orientation. I remember they had us all in the um, auditorium and right, mm-hmm. and just how they all kind of present themselves with um the different speakers and the dancing and then it kind of gets your energy up and had me thinking that wow is uh is this this was i was kind of excited like mm-hmm. wow this is what college is going to be like you know very <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fun come and get hypnotized, hypnotized. let's go baby yeah, hypnotized <laughs> i remember that yes <laughs> and uh it 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 was it was pretty good but then i a turning point happened when you talk about the hypnotizing event, yeah. I would say the second day, um, and it, it orientation assistants they 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 were great, but then it was it was just that I got kind of scared. Cause I'm just like, man, I'm about to go to school. I'm gonna be away from home. Like I I don't, I don't know. Is this? I was thinking in the back of my mind, is this really for me? Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, coming back to what my uh, family. Um, it, it was it was tough for us financially and part of me was thinking that I need to go home and work and help out mm-hmm. and you know do certain things like this and I remember when I was in the dorm in a uh, cotton I didn't want to go to the hypnosis show right because I I, I I was I was having this strong feeling that I don't know maybe I maybe I shouldn't go to school anymore maybe I'm needed back home yeah but uh it, it I don't know after talking with my uh, parents some about this and about school, you know, I, I realized that, you know, this was going to be a better choice. But just in that particular moment, um, I, I, had a, I had a very, like, strong amount of doubt in what I wanted to do next because, you know, I, it, it kind of just explained our, like, family structure. It's just um, my mother, my dad, and my sister who has, like, my sister has autism. Okay. And we're, we're really close. I always make sure to take care after her and everything. And 
God forbid everything happens to my parents, I want to be the one to be able to help her out. And, right. you know, I'll ha- help have, have her have some sense of autonomy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want her to have to live in different, you know, structured system homes with different people. I want to be the one to actually be able to take care of her. So that was kind of another reason onto why I wanted to stay and not just go back home and work. Because with having pursuing a bigger career, I could be able to be a help my sister out <coughs> and everything. I really love that. My um, my stepsister actually has autism also, so mm-hmm. I can kind of relate to you a little bit on that. But I think right now we're going to take a brief intermission and regroup, and we'll be back soon. All right, everyone. So we are back from our intermission and feeling ready to take on the rest of the podcast. With that, Rachel's going to kick off some questions. All right. So, Zachariah, can you tell us about some fears that you had about coming to college? Mm, yes. Uh Beginning out, it was kind of the initial self-doubt that I had um, yeah. starting out uh, fall semester and kind of uh, a thing with uh, lower um, esteem, self-esteem in myself because it was, all right, we came this far, but I was thinking just how, how much how much can we do this? Um, kind of what I talked about earlier with the concussion and the shoulder surgery and almost missing an opportunity to, uh, you know, apply for scholarships. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was kind of thinking, all right, we were blessed to get through that, but do we have enough to keep going forward? And it was, have you guys ever seen a movie called Replacements with Keanu Reeves? I don't think so. Have no, you? and I think that you told me about this I before. Did. And I, I still did. haven't so you probably should have watched it so if you sorry. mentioned no, it. It's all good. It's all good because he, he, the way he explained it in this movie, it, it was, I'll, I'll try to give a picture. So it's like any <laughs> corny 2000 football movie. They're losing okay. at halftime. Oh, spoiler alert. Okay. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> he has them, he has them all like gathered in the center. He's like trying to rally the troops, right? Yeah. And then he tries opening up to the group. And one thing that he kind of mentioned that he put in terms of how I felt, he called it quicksand. Mm-hmm. And what he kept saying that no matter how hard he tried, it felt that he was just sinking further and further away from what he was destined to do. And it, it kind of felt that way for me because it was like we, we got this far, but then it was like, I don't, I don't know how much of it we can take. You know, it's it, it got tiring. And mm-hmm. that's when I understood that I needed to go out and reach, seek for community with others, go out to fuse and actually take a step in helping mm-hmm. out start an organization on campus. But, yeah, that initial feel of, like, self-doubt and, like, lower self-esteem and all those other, like, emotions, um, it, it, it came in pretty hard. And it, 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 it can make you wonder that, do I, do I even have what it takes? Mm-hmm. You know, because um, people, you know, back home, they kind of made fun of our family. You know, we weren't thought of being people trying to go to school and, you know, reach an education. You know, people actually, I know one, one lady told me, um, I, I was in high school and she was like, what's she doing? I was like, oh, I was going to, um, you know, try to go to university. Like, Why do you want to do that? Just get into welding. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking like, she just thinks that I can just do stuff with my hands. You know, I, I, I believe I can add more value in something else than doing that. I mean, I'm sure I've probably been good at it, but why do you think that I don't have what it takes to go to college? Right. But it was it was kind of that environment at the time, you know, the people trying to put you in a box, mm-hmm. and it can it can affect you in certain ways. Yeah. So it sounds like you faced a lot of challenges, you know, what like deciding whether this is what you should be doing, and kind of just figuring things out, which I think is interesting because a lot of, like a lot of issues that you've talked about 
I think are really common just among college students in general, but I think it's brought some attention to how much more stressful that can be for first-gen college students because I know like just college in general for anybody is really stressful, but like we've been talking about, like I can't imagine going through all of this, not having someone that I can reach out to and just asking like, Hey, how am I supposed to do this? Or I don't know what this process is like. Can you help me? And not having someone there who can help you with that. I imagine that had to be really difficult. I know that I probably called my sister or my dad or someone in my family pretty regularly just to tell them, I don't know what I'm doing and I need help. And yeah, they, they were able to offer some advice, but I mean, sometimes they aren't. And that feeling of being helpless, it's like, what do you do in that situation? So my next question is what resources at ECU did you use? I know you mentioned how you kind of found a sense of community with Fuse and how you started this organization, but is there any other maybe people or other departments that you kind of tapped into as resources to kind of help you figure things out? Um, One of the first places I went to was an Academic Success Center. Okay. Um, I, uh, Because you know how I mentioned how in class I had all those notebooks and binders Mm -hmm. and right. I had to change my preparation. <laughs> Your <strategy>. face yeah. <laughs> right now saying that <laughs> is priceless. I, I had to change it. So being there, getting people who are some graduate level students, mm-hmm. you know, getting their input on how I can improve my note taking skills, my studying skills, how to study for tests. Oh my goodness, this, that that was such a wonderful place right. <laughs> for me to just run towards. To um, my first semester, the next one was of course the writing center because. You know, the, the English uh, 1100 or what, a 2201, whichever one you have to do, uh, how professors grade papers. Mm-hmm. I, I still remember my professor, he, he's you know, he's really good, but he never say that. He doesn't believe in uh, 100 papers. So he would always give you in between an A minus or a B or lower than that if you yeah. really like it. So it was, it was like a chess game. I was yeah. continuously going to the writing center and like trying to improve those certain mechanics but having those resources here available you know really helped me because being someone that was like first in my family and a lot of other first year college students you know you tell your parents how you're struggling in classes the first thing they'll say is try harder or right you 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 you, you got this <laughs> you yeah. got this fam <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then i'm just like okay it's you I, don't get it yeah it's, <laughs> I, I i it's not like a a bash at it because I understand yeah. it because you know from a parent perspective you see a child that's in a way being a pioneer mm-hmm. we don't know what pioneers are they're the first ones that go out and try yeah. to go into new territory and in your mind they're like wow they're so awesome they they got all this they got it all in their hands but I I understand that um from from a parent perspective it can be hard to kind of make that connection right. so I, I ensure to tell my parents exactly what certain things that I'm doing in class so we can kind of reach that understanding but back to those resources it's it was so beneficial for me and I encourage students to use those resources use the um the um career services center oh my goodness that that helps out a lot they are so helpful I've gone to them a couple times yeah Yeah, they're very good um so use the resources and don't be afraid to like go on and I mean, you are paying for them. Right. So you look right. at that you look at that statement, you're like, ah, oh, so that's where that's going. Uh-huh. To. Those fees, mm-hmm. student activities <laughs> fees. That's <laughs> what people pay for yes. here. <laughs> um, so what do you think the ECU community could do to better support first gen college students? 
you know, uh, me and um, several of my friends on our Z board, um, Dr. Campion, who's our advisor, and um, Skylar, Jocelyn, Diamond, um, Kaylin, and all, we, we were, we, we really would like what's have called a pinning of the first gen. So mm-hmm. as soon as they come in their freshman year, right, there's a direct uh, ceremony. It's actually done in Wake Forest, too. Cool. Where they actually have the parents take a little pin of, like, the school emblem with them being the first and, like, pin your first child that's going to be the one in your family the um the one to go to college for the very first time and just that initial like that ritual process Mm -hmm. for moving on to something new you know allow students that wow this is a great opportunity i shouldn't i shouldn't let this one go um i think having something like that would be a very good start and then also um there's actually one thing that the school does very well. They have a co-ed class of first-generation mm-hmm. college students. Oh, that's awesome. So um, um, Dr. Campion teaches this one. So they go on different tours around campus. They know about resources. They actually get to learn about some about us, too. Yeah. <laughs> can you, since you're, you brought that up, can you tell us, like, what the name of your organization yes. is? I don't think we've had, like, a oh. formal oh my goodness, name drop of your org yet. Shameless plug <laughs> over here. No, Let's go. Good. I'm the first. It's simply called. I'm oh, the first. Okay. okay. I think I've heard so that. That's have the student org that Zachariah is the, the founder of, right? You founded this this organization so <laughs> he now digs through his backpack yeah. to try to find the pin <laughs> he's trying to find us oh, a pin no i've oh, definitely seen those on some book bags okay and stuff. Yeah, i've seen yeah. that before yeah. that's awesome yeah so that's the name of his organization so i rudely interrupted you but i did want to you know give you i actually was thinking the exact same some, thing so we're on the same yeah, page my some bad. clout here it's okay so <laughs> <there you> <laughs> no it's okay i just wanted to make sure you know, you were getting some attention there to your student <laughs> organization it's a resource for you all first gen students Anyways, yes. continue. Yes. The pinning ceremony. Mm-hmm. Yes. The so, yeah, the, they pin the first person that's going to mm-hmm. be in the family to go to college. And kind of like I said earlier, that would be like a good ritual process. But also, too, kind of from beginning and then with the co-ed, mm-hmm. um, it's after that point, I have, we've, I've started to see that some of them, you know, sadly enough, may begin to fall through the gaps. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that's where kind of where we want to come in. We want to be the ones to kind of help pick them back up. Yeah. Help them keep going, you know, because you've gotten this far. I mean, just coming in through the admittance process, you know, coming into college. Now we got we to gotta keep pushing. And kind of a way that um, we would like to um, recognize that type of effort of finishing through college, we were actually looking into getting graduation cords t- as that's well. That's awesome. You know, to recognize that, you know, yes, I'm the first in my family to, you know, finish college and go into a new career path and kind of that, that would be awesome too. Yeah, that would be awesome. So just to shed some light on your organization again, kind of what you guys, from what I gathered from what you just said is that you are kind of here to provide a sense of community for people who may feel really alone navigating going to college and this whole process by themselves um, and you guys kind of provide that like a safety net almost and are really there to like advocate and help people finish college is that that's exactly what we're trying to do and also too we've made another effort in reaching out to students who are first generation college students and seniors in high school Um, last semester we went to Jay Shrove's high school we um, spoke to several first generation college students not all of them, you know, we're planning on going to EC, but we still kind of p- 
pursue that narrative of actually, mm -hmm. you know, using those resources on campus, taking care of financial aid because the deadline was within a couple of months when mm -hmm. we spoke to them. So we, we kind of, and, and they really listened to, I, I really um, enjoy, because I've been in Jay Shores High School for several football games. Mm -hmm. But then just seeing those good amount of students who were ready, who were um, willing to able to go to school and having a chance to talk with them, it was a very great experience. But I, I really like also how we help with students here. Mm -hmm. And then we actually go out to different high schools and actually get that message across to them. So they won't try to go absent-mindedly through college. Yeah, I think that's really awesome that yes. you guys go to local high schools and stuff. I didn't know that. All right, so I have one more question for you. Yes. If you had any piece of advice for any of our listeners, what would it be? Yes, um, my advice to them would be to always remember that we're put on this earth to serve others. I kind of mentioned how um, I kind of find myself, my sense of community um, that helped build up my esteem and kind of build up my confidence to kind of knowing who I am. But I didn't want to keep that to myself mm -hmm. because you look around, there's so many other people with different stories. Mm -hmm. um, so many people that had different experiences in life. And for me to just kind of just set, you know, still and kind of what I've been through and just think that it was just the grandest thing. It's just, it's not true. It's not true. And I, I just want to encourage people to always realize that you're putting this earth to serve others because we have such a finite amount of time. You mm -hmm. know, the average lifespan is 77 years, right? And life is God's gift to us, and how we live that life is our gift to God. And we have to continuously look to help other people. And, and so we're actually improving ourselves. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my last advice. I really love that you kind of touched on how we all have different experiences because that's something that we really aim to do with this podcast is to share the experiences of different individuals to let people know that they're not alone. So I really just love that you said that. With all of that being said, that is the end of this episode of Beyond the Lines and we will see you all next week. And before we uh, peace out here, I would also like to bring up that we're doing a live podcast on March 26th in the main campus student center in the Black Box Theater. So come check us out. We'll have all of our speakers there for you to ask some questions and interact with us. And there will be food and t-shirts. So we'll be putting out more information on that soon, but that's all for now. Stay so tuned. Bye again. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye friends. Bye. <laughs> If you or a loved one is in crisis, please call the ECU Crisis Hotline at 252-328-6661. If you are concerned about an individual, we encourage you to contact ECU Cares for more information.